Hey, hey, thanks for joining me on this Fab Friday. If you've missed any of the four and a half hours of programming gold, you can always go out to WSAU.com. Every conversation is podcasted for your listening enjoyment and delight. (laughs) I am rejoined by our good friend who's confirmed for eternity on Friday mornings, Adam Schwarzy. So what do you think? Is this Deep Purple good enough for you? You bet a a thousand. All right. Woohoo! Yeah, you know, I I think I was a DJ in another life. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's still time to uh, shift my career. Um, so, Adam, when we went to break, we were, while well, we were on the cusp of discussing China, and I want to give you an opportunity to really uh, inform our listeners about re- the, the threat that they pose to the United States of America, really the, the, the threat they pose to the entire world. Uh, you really just great, gave a great segue, and that's really the so what is I would submit personally that there's no world power that can threaten the United States like the United States can threaten the United States. And I think that the sadly the most likely reason we stop being the world hegemon, the, the greatest uh, nation that the world has ever seen, is because of our own internal corruption, uh, overtaxation, and spending limits, which cause us to fall apart. I mean, that's essentially how, how Greece fell apart. You know, Rome, the Roman Empire, they spent too much, it caused internal corruption, and then they crumbled not from, like, uh, another country that's got superior firepower, but they just decayed from the inside, and then it allowed, you know, some other tribes and Germanic tribes to come in and slowly, you know, melt it away. But I feel that is the United States. We are the city on the hill. We are divine. We have these two oceans on either side of us, and we're protected, and we've done great things off of great morals and a great foundational principles that are our founding fathers, you know, gave us this framework in the Constitution. We have everything going for us. The only way we can screw it up is ourselves. But if there is another actor in this world that that uh, could, could lean on us and make us fall, it is China. And we're not doing enough to to stymie China from from doing nefarious things around the world. And even we're talking about the Russia Ukraine issue. Again, the actor behind the scenes that it does not get spoken about enough is, is China. And what I mean by that is we are doing all those soft power things. You know, look, over 60% of the countries in the world now are have like sanctions and embargoes on Russian fuel, but it's not hitting. And, and all the other sanctions on Russian economy isn't, isn't hitting at all. It's not hurting. Actually, the Russian economy grew, whereas the EU and the UK, they're in a recession right now. So, I mean, how did, how did that happen? Well, it's because we've, we are so weak on China in this administration that essentially over the last year, Russia just rejiggered its economy, and now they do more trade with China. And scarily, um, they're getting all their, their high-tech weapons now from China. And so people just need to be aware of that, that, that really, again, China is, is the, the, the actor we should be paying attention to. So expand on, I mean, communist China. I guess uh, I'll just throw out my two cents, which is about all it's worth. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, they, I mean, their worldview is diametrically opposed, to, and and I'm talk, I'm not talking about 100%. Chinese people. I mean, they're they're, uh, I, I think, to the most in the mo- well, to the most for the most part, they are. Uh, I mean, they, they are obviously beholden to the communist Chinese government, but I mean, they they're godless. They're a godless society. I mean, that's I think a significant part of it, and I mean, juxtapose that to, I mean, at least in Russia, you can 
worship Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's interesting that the Chinese government is intertwined with the, you know, the Communist Party. It's, it's all the thing, the religion, governments, everything wrapped into one. They also have the advantage of playing the long game because they are all wrapped into one. You know, Xi Jinping is just going to essentially serve as president in perpetuity, where in the United States we have the disadvantage uh, not having long policy because every four to eight years we have a new, um, you know, leader of, of, you know, ship captain, so to speak. So we don't, and that's really disadvantageous when it comes to like grand strategy and planning, where China has a, a 25, a 50, and a 100-year plan. And spoiler alert, those plans uh, are to take over the world. I mean, they don't deny it. That's, they think that they're the, the divine city on the hill or whatever you call it, you know, the communist China. But, but they, you know, that involves, you know, Taiwan, Hong Kong, you know, Philippines, taking over all the, the Solomon, all the Solomon Islands. That's like literally part of their plan is to become the world hegemon. Uh, and, and they're, they're slowly doing it by, by death of a thousand paper cuts. And again, because we always are shifting administration, shifting, you know, Congress, we have not given China, we're starting to, but we're still so far behind in paying them the attention that that country deserves. Man, I'm getting all kinds of good sayings from you. Death of a thousand paper cuts. Another good one. I mean, I, I have a couple more that I learned from you last week. But so that sort of leads me into, uh, well, unfortunately, we're losing a hawk on China in our United States Congress. And that would oh, be. Oh, yeah. In, uh, uh, Congressman Mike Gallagher. Right. Another Marine Corps officer, Austin uh, Fidelis. Yes, yes. Well, and, and I mean, you know, let's talk about this because I know it was. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of angry conservative Republicans here in Wisconsin. And, you know, as much as I said it, well, I, I, I disagree. And I've had conversations with other congressmen. I can say with great certainty, I've talked with three other congressmen from Wisconsin, and they all voted to impeach Mayorkas. But I also read with great interest uh, Congressman Mike Gallagher's op-ed that was published in the Wall Street Journal, which I shared uh, earlier this week with our listeners about why he voted against uh, Mayorkas. And, and I mean, there are some, he does have some compelling reasons. And I think more than anything, the message that I try to share with our listeners, and I, I guess I would try to teach uh, Republicans to, th there are times when we need to agree to disagree because and, you know, and I've heard some of the comments, some of the very disrespectful and derogatory comments that have been directed towards Mike Gallagher. And I think it's it's shameful because, I mean, not only did he serve our country in the United States military and, as you point out, Marine Corps, uh, he also served as a congressman and served very honorably with regard to uh, especially with regard to. Uh, China. He's, he's, China. He's a China subject matter expert, probably in Congress. <laughs> right, right. And we're losing him as a, you know, I mean, I know that there are, he's, he's, uh, well, I mean, he has his reasons for leaving and, and, you know, we're not going to get into that this morning, but I mean, what, what was your response? And I guess, I mean, what do you make of, of, you know, the, I guess what I've described, the criticism of him, but, but yet also he has this amazing record on being a hawk with China. Yeah. I guess, you know, the military try to go from, like, big to small. So on the macro level, I think, again, this is just a tragedy of our party. I guess I would, I'm more of a, honestly a libertarian, but I would, you know, probably in the bi-party system, I would call myself a Republican. The Democrats are so great about playing team ball, and we are so bad at just 
knives out at each other and stab each other in the back. Um, the, the lack of thoughtfulness, it's just like the, we're going to castrate people and call them rhinos and names instead of trying to really learn and understand people's positions. I think that not even talking about this scenario or, or this situation, just in general, uh, in, in general, it's really uh, disenfranchising. And also, by the way, it makes people not want to join our team. Right. Um, it, 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 there's a reason why the Republican Party it does, has not won a popular vote in a while, and we're not doing good at, with our branding about making people want to play the team. Um, so it's, so that's kind of a, my big level answer on this specific um, situation. It, it's interesting because, you know, Congressman Gallagher has such a, has such a good reputation, and I, I only know him from the Marine Corps officer side as an intelligence officer, and then, again, one of the only few qualified people to even talk about China policies and to lead the charge, really, as I was talking earlier about rebuffing against China. Um, so I guess if, if you want, I would like to just take a minute to talk through this as a rational person, as a non-politician, but as also somebody who served in you know government in the military for 21 years. I, I, I was I didn't read the op-ed from from Mr. Gallagher. I, I, I do understand. I think the the scenario because I've been following the, the Mayorkas thing uh, pretty. So if you just talked about, for instance, like why would somebody vote for impeach um and 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 i think that these are very credible reasons just when i was doing my own internal analysis first and foremost you know all these people in congress they have a duty to nation and i think that the majority of them are probably voted the way they did because of the duty to nation then that's because you know objectively i think it's been proven that um mr mayorkas willfully broke laws he definitely hurt national security and, and I think, you know, secondly, I think a lot of Republicans voted that way if they didn't think there was their, their duty because they were loyalty to the team. Um, is, is there anything I'm missing from that analysis? No, no, I think that's and I mean, boy, do I appreciate a rational conversation with a fellow conservative. I mean, that's, yeah. you, you know, the other part I, I just want to throw in there. You said, um, how are we going to recruit more decent people into, you know, the big tent into our party? I would also add how are we going to recruit more decent people to run for office if they see the way in which the current elected officials are being treated? And I mean, the, the litmus test Absolutely. for being a, you know, like a perfect, a perfect elected representative. I mean, I had this conversation, ironically, just la well, th at least this little thread uh, with with a guest last week, our, our own senator, uh, state senator, Corey Tomchik. And I said, you know, when it comes to these purists in our party i mean you know i can say this to any elected official any elected official is just one vote one bill and one donor away from their wrath and if you aren't perfect in their eyes on every single every single vote every single bill every single donation received then look out you are you are going to be called every name in the book just as I, you know i don't know i don't know some of these people as I think you pointed out, um, use the wrong term rhino. The the H is not supposed to be in there. But yeah. you know that actually actually one of my favorite quotes is from what I think is one of the greatest American presidents of all time, Reg the Reagan quote where the person who agrees with you eighty percent of the time is a friend and an ally. <laughs> like we've gotten so far away from that. I mean think about it. I think mean, I think that's just a brilliant thing. Right. You I get an eighty percent overlap of how uh, something should be led and driven. That's an ally, not a, not a twenty percent traitor. <laughs> right. Well, and and I think it doesn't. How does it? How does it 
bring people into the party that aren't, you know, that aren't wonks, that aren't engaged like we are. If if what they see is this dysfunction, this circular firing squad that's going on, and and I mean, it's it's kind of like, well, gosh, I agree with the Republican Party at least eighty percent of the time, but these people expect one hundred percent of the time, and I'm not going to fit into that. And and I mean, it's like it doesn't even occur to these people to you know to just step back for a moment and I don't know. I often say, look in the mirror. But yeah. it, self-awareness isn't necessarily a trait that all Republicans have. Well, I think this is also on the backdrop of, a, of, a, of our nation that is in peril. Uh, the people who are pulling the strings are doing a very poor job. And I would submit a little bit on both sides of the aisle. But specifically, if you look at the, the executive uh, office right now, that administration is, is taking, putting America at a lot of risk in a lot of different ways when you're talking about the economy, when you're talking about military, foreign policy. I mean, really, uh, just about every lane of governance, unfortunately. And so people on the right and Republicans, they're out for blood. And I think they're where they're not on the right page is they look at somebody who doesn't have the complete 100 percent Venn diagram of a of a staunch right conservative. They look at his weakness and that should be sifted out because they're angry uh, because they see what's going around. And, And I just try to have conversations to figure out where the overlap is and really just tease out each individual issue. Um, so like this specifically with this Mayorkas thing, if we looked at like, why wouldn't somebody like Congressman Gallagher vote for impeachment? I, I think he actually, uh, I actually didn't read the op-ed, but I've heard other people uh, say that they didn't vote because it sets a dangerous precedent. And yes. I think that's also true because if you look at what's happening right now in the justice system and all the different ways that the Biden administration is weaponizing government entities that had no business being politicized, as in like the Justice Department and the law, I think that this does set a precedent in the future where at one point, and maybe at the end of this election cycle, it's actually projected that the House will go to the Democrats and will the Republicans will gain the Senate. But if the Democrats then own the House next cycle, you know, if, if Trump doesn't win or Nikki Haley or whoever the candidate is, that is a very dangerous precedent to set. Um, and I'm, and I, I think that's, that's, that's true. I'm not saying that you know, Congressman Gallagher should or should not have voted to impeach, but I think that that's an ob- objective reason why you wouldn't vote. I also think it's objective to, to, to make the statement that it'll go nowhere in the Senate because the Democrats own the Senate. So while there is a loyalty to the nation and a duty to, to, to conduct the vote and, and vote for impeachment, if it goes nowhere in Senate, then aren't you kind of wasting time to, and resources um, to, to, to do that when, when there's not a, a viable pathway to get it forward? And, and another reason to not vote would be it's really it's Biden policy. And, and that's that's another thing is you're kind of letting Biden off the hook, in my opinion. If you impeach Mayorkas, these are all this is all because of Biden administration. I mean, President Biden ran on this trash like this. These are abysmal policies that President you know, Biden ran on. And now it's making good on through Mayorkas. I think that by impeaching him, you're giving Mayorkas the credit for Biden's bad, right. bad policy. Right. Well, and I mean, Mayorkas is a, is a, a vile human being. I mean, I just, I, I, yeah. he, he looks down his he's nose. A tool. At, yeah, he's a right, tool. right. Literally, I mean, literally. <laughs> he's, he's so disdainful. And, and I, I mean, but, you know, and I will say, I, I, again, my message to 
our listeners is always information is power. And I, I would ask how many people that are criticizing Congressman Gallagher have taken the time to read his op-ed and to find out why he, what his reasoning was for what he did. Instead, I think yeah. it's this knee-jerk reaction. And, you know, exactly what you just said, and you, you actually stated, you know, political wonk as you are, it's, you, you stated that you didn't read the, and, and I'm not admonishing you for this, but you didn't read the opinion piece, but he says in his opinion piece, the person chiefly responsible for the chaos and devastation that has unfolded at the border is Mr. Biden, not Mr. Mayorkas. If Mr. Well, Mayorkas, we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. And if Mr. Mayorkas, maybe it's a Marine thing. Yeah. If Mr. Mayorkas were removed, his replacement would also implement Mr. Biden's disastrous border policies. It would just be a repeat. And if anything, you're, yeah, you're letting Biden off the hook. Right. And that that's his very his very next statement. If anything, impeaching Mr. Mayorkas would absolve Mr. Biden of blame for his own policies. I mean, he's just he, he's just a well, and I don't want to say he's a, a scapegoat because I don't think I wouldn't take it that far. But I would agree that he's a tool. And the next person that is put in by the Biden administration will be a tool as well. I mean, you think anybody's going to go at the, that would last in, in, in that position yeah. would would go against what Biden wants, what the administration yeah. wants? Of course not. And I mean, again, yeah. I'm not trying to justify uh, Mayorkas's behavior. I'm not trying to justify uh, the uh, Congressman Gallagher's vote. But I think it, it really uh, does the individual disservice to not be well informed and to not take the time to understand what went into the process of what went into uh, Gallagher's thought process when he decided to yeah. vote uh, against yeah. impeachment. So, so I, I'm not a I'm not a politician. I, I don't play in that circus. Um, and you know, I think we have objectively talked about why why there's a case to vote for impeachment and, and why there isn't. I, I and I'm not in that position, so I don't. You know, I, I don't. I'm, I have the luxury of not having to have made that that call. But we can also talk about the outcome. Objectively, this is not going to change anything. They they got the votes to uh, impeach regardless that the Republicans in the House did. It's not going to change anything. The the right wing. Uh, base is fired up. But if you look at polling, it's actually hurting the Republicans for the general election. Because, again, I'm sure your listeners are all probably on our team and, and in alignment with us that it was duty and nation, and it was their, their, their honor bound to conduct that vote. But if you look at the majority of America, they think it was a waste of time and it was politicized, and they were not uh, they were not on for the, the resources of doing that was other pressing things for our, for our country. And so essentially the, the bottom line is polling right now, objective polling shows that Americans were not on board with, with conducting that. And, and, and so as, a, as somebody who's you know, playing for, I guess, Team Republican, that just hurts us uh, for the election. And that, that's, what I, that's what I'm concerned about, I guess, is the outcome of this is, one, it lets Biden off the hook for his disastrous policies. And then the so what is it doesn't actually go anywhere because of the Senate, but then it'll hurt us in the general election because the majority of Americans think that this is just a politicized Congress. And I think that's unfortunate. Um, so I guess I would circle back to, you know, as a true American who spent 21 years fighting for democracy, I think this, like everything else, you solve with elections. Um, that, and that's, that's, that's the truth of the matter for, for most things is you, you actually solve them by getting involved in solving um, these issues through elections, not through these these other sideline processes. Well, and and I mean, I guess I have stated this a number of times is that I think there are a lot of Americans, whether they're plugged into 
to politics or not have impeachment fatigue because they hear that word. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, well, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, low information voters that don't even understand what impeachment is. I mean, let's face it, the uh, during Trump's presidency, he was impeached. And, you know, and, and what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened as a result. I mean, he's still got the gloves on. He's still fighting. He's running for re-election. So, and, and I mean, again, I'm not, and just for the record, because I anticipate, oh, do I anticipate the calls about this, but, uh, you know, I'm not defending, I'm certainly not defending Mayorkas, and I'm, and I'm, you know, and I'm not defending Mike Gallagher's vote per se, but I am willing to at least take the time to understand his point of view, and then yeah. to just step back and say, you know what, I'm going to Agree to disagree on this, and and, and be respectful. I, I I agree, and that's that's my position too. I'm not saying whether he made the right call or the wrong call, but it's important to get all the different pieces out there so you can analyze a decision point with information versus you know without information, and then you're just making an ignorant uh, assumption. So I think it's important to discuss uh, you know all the viable uh, options and really all the information that went into the the judgment. I'm glad that at least I was uh, correct on why he, why it sounds like he did not come to the conclusion that impeachment was the right offer. And to your listeners who are, again, I, I imagine are all pretty bought into the team and very well informed, I think that, you know, this another great favorite quote of mine is like, the best argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter, uh, Winston Churchill, because, you know, unlike your voters, you know, your followers on your show, the majority of Americans aren't informed. We're, you know, your followers are probably very informed and they're following the thing closely. That's, that's what I was talking about with America. They, they're, you know, America was at the, at the mall for the last 20 years. They weren't at the war. So they don't really understand, you know, what I went through in the war. And I certainly don't think that the majority of America understands the difference between Biden and Mayorkas. They think that what their Congress did, it was went after Mayorkas. Well, but now that now Biden's really getting off the hook. So I think that was, that, that would be a, a, a reason to not vote for that, frankly, that I understand Gallagher taking a position. Of. So is it right to say, hoorah, hoorah? Is that, how, <laughs> is that how you say it? Yeah, Semper Fi. All right, rock and roll. Adam Schwarzy, always, I mean, seriously, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for Thank joining you, me. Tom, As always, we'll look forward to next Friday. Have a great weekend. Thank you too, man. Thanks. Okay, rolling to the 10 o'clock news. Followed by... State Representative Scott Cruz will have to come up with a bumper song for him, too. Stay tuned on the Meg Ellison Show on WSAU. Fleet Farm's got everything you need for everyday life. And by everything, we mean top products.